from VentureX Studios, it's JP, Kathy, and the crew. The crew, the crew, the crew. I, I don't know why I feel, feel the need to, when I hear Charles Gura's voice on that introduction to do an echo. <laughs> don't know what that's all about, but... <laughs> Anyways, welcome to JP, Kathy, and the crew. Super excited to um, be with you this morning. We have got Dr. Rebecca Good, who is on today, uh, with a great back-to-school list. We started talking about, um, you know, getting ready for back-to-school last week. We talked a little bit more about it on Monday. She's got a really good list for you. Uh, school is just around the corner, whether you're, um, if you're ready for it or if you're not, it's coming. So you might as well get ready for it. Um, Dr. Good, how are you? this morning and hello from kentucky hello. and you know as testing as it, hey i'm in kentucky i can't be on the show the, <laughs> the timing is everything right and we are yes. a week away from yes. school and yep couldn't this up and and i'm glad that i you know i made this list for your show because it won't only be for your show i'll put it on mine and and linkedin and so forth but it's a compilation of really years worth of not only educator, but parent and grandparent experience to sort of say, okay, how can I put a list together that will help parents and grandparents really prepare their kids in time, right? And number one, our bedtime routine. And I'm in Kentucky with the grandkids. I've got an almost 11 year old, uh, five year old and a six year old and a four year old. And man, I've watched their bedroom routine. They're a mess, right? (laughs) This is like the toughest, that that transition period. And I know this, especially when the kids got a little bit older and you let them stay up during summer vacation and they kind of got used to maybe, you know, not the same routine you have during the school year. Those transition weeks, which you're in right now with your grandkids, they're tough. (laughs) So I know where the parents are coming from. (laughs) Yeah. Time. Now that we're leaving, now they can start getting their kids back in, yep. going to bed earlier, them up. Don't let them sleep till nine o'clock anymore, especially that 11 year old. That transition into middle <laughs> oh, yeah. school, she's going in and she wants to sleep a little bit later. Mm-mm. You know, start easing her up a little bit earlier. And then number two is one that if anybody knows me, if anybody's been listening any length of time to me, they know that one of my biggest aims is to get parents talking to kids about being part of the family routine, right? It's just not a top heavy, you do it because I said so sort of thing, but inclusive family, right? And so number two is check, chat with your kids about what routines do need to change besides the bedtime one. Uh, you know, bathing, we've got to, you know, do the bathing probably at night now so that we don't take up time in the morning, get our clothes laid out the night before, uh, get our backpack ready for school, maybe help with making lunches for the next day. Right. All of those things are things that parents need to sit down with their kids and talk about. Uh, Now check for any missing vaccines and physicals that are needed for your child's grade level. Each grade level has a different requirement. The the kids going into middle school, especially if you're going into sports, you need to have that physical. Make sure you're okay going into football or or any other sport. So that really should be on people's uh, radar. Make sure you have important dates calendared. This is, you're going to be hit with a lot of information from the school, and it really would behoove you as a parent to sit down, you know, ask for a quiet 15 minutes from the family, sit down and look at that information, start calendaring immediately those dates that are important. Student orientation, parent uh, meet the teacher night, any elective uh, nights. I know that if one is in band, 
orchestra, PE, there are coaches requirements for, you know, meetings so that they can let the parents know what the year is going to look like. Go ahead and calendar all of those right at the same time so that you have them and you're not surprised by them and you don't miss them. And then, and here's one that is sort of new for me and for my list, and that is make a conference with the teacher about your child's progress from the last couple of years. Now that, you know, we've been through COVID, every kid practically has been impacted in some way. Hopefully your child left another, but still there's been an impact. Yes. And so sitting down with your child's teacher and saying, let's look at our, uh, my child's test scores from last year, or any other kind of assessments, math scores, and what, it, what are your plans for kids coming into your grade level with, you know, assessments that aren't where they need to be. So, so let me let me ask parents. real quick, real, real quick, Dr. Good, because this is the first question that comes to mind um, to me as a parent, because normally your schools have um, normal parent-teacher conference dates and they're, you know, arranged at certain times during the year. You're saying this is in addition to the normal biannual or whatever the case may be. Some schools do it, you know, uh, you know, every six weeks. Some do it quarterly. Some do it twice a year. This is in addition to... Right. You don't want to wait to that. Most of them are in October, the first one. True, Gosh, true. that's a long Yep. And so, and especially uh, with the ESSER funding, if you all have been listening to any length of time, you've heard the progression of what's happening with those federal funds and the requirements around the federal funds. The ESSER funds require that schools have tutoring with groups no larger than three unless all the parents agree. If you're going to have a group of five or six, all five or six parents must agree to the larger group. So you see what the federal government has done. They have really handcuffed the schools into small grouping the kids unless you have parental permission to have a bigger group to be able to use the money that they're sending without losing it. So you, what the parent wants to be listening for, the teacher has been trained already during her professional, his professional development time the week before school started, around how they were going to integrate these small groups, okay? So if you're not hearing that, you know, be, be proactive and ask the teacher about it. Say, what about the federal funds? Did your school receive federal funds for small grouping and, and so forth? So um, that's, that's one of the advantages of the crew coming and hearing us every week around what is available for parents to um, know that, you know, their kids' needs are being met, especially now that we... We're trying to climb out of the COVID period of of really um, very unsure and uh, in, and oftentimes not very good uh, virtual instruction the last couple of years, right? Right. And so, being, here's what I, I would tell you: as a a good school will have teachers trained to say, "Hey, parents." I know each of you wants a, a parent conference. I can't fit all of you in separately, but we're going to have a, a, a class conference around how we're going to do our small grouping and how we're going to make sure that your child's needs are met based on last year's assessment. And we're going to have a parent meeting around that in the, within the first two weeks of school. That would be okay, too. You know, at least you're hearing... The, that the school is aware that they're getting the funding and that there's certain requirements around how the funding is to be used. So that should be very comforting okay. if you have a school. That gotcha. Sense? Yep. 
Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And these are all things that are common sense things you're talking about. It's just things that when you're in the throes of getting, just let's take a normal non-pandemic time of year. And just, you know, and, and uh, so, yeah, as JP uh, <laughs> does a Superman pose onto the, onto the set. Okay, you knew that was going to distract me. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, you look, you look at a non-pandemic year, a non a non-pandemic year is is tough enough as as is you know just with all the things that go back you know getting kids on schedule getting them back to eating healthy getting the school clothes ready and if your kids are older then you start to have the arguments about school clothes and about what kind of backpack and all this stuff but with a pandemic year i mean if you haven't already started putting some best practices into place you're almost behind the eight ball so you, you know folks need to jump on this list immediately wouldn't you say especially with the pandemic you know coming back to school from that. We have many kids who have been home for last year and a half. They're going back to school for the first time in a year and a half. Wow. Wow. Welcome to Virginia. Yeah, wow. Going back for the first time, and they haven't been part of that COVID protocol, mask wearing at school, washing their hands, social distancing, because they've been home virtually yep. learning for the last year and a half. Yeah, that's a now, good point. They, they don't have to wash their hands every five minutes or use sanitizer every five minutes at home because usually, you know, the parents have some best practices put into place there. But at school, there are going to be, you know, I'm sure mandatory wash your hands in between this, that, and the other. Um, you know, uh, there's going to be, I would imagine, everywhere you turn is going to be a um, hand sanitizer station. So school might sure. even, school will physically look different. The, the classes won't be configured the same way, I would imagine, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, so now you have three feet of social distancing. So um, it's not as tough as the six feet, but it's still, you know, they will still have little marks on the floor. You know, like, see, we had the paw prints. Yep. Um, and so this discussion leads me to number seven. If you have a child that's been home for a year and a half, especially if they're middle school, because middle school we now know has been most impacted as far as SEL, you know, right. social emotional issues. Make a, an appointment with a school counselor and let her know, him know your concerns. Maybe ask them to keep an eye out, ask the teacher to keep an eye out because your child has shown some depression okay. and is going back the first time. So okay. be proactive in that way. I mean, you're not asking the school counselor to, to do weekly counseling as if they were a, a you know, non-school counselor, but still take, you know, they, they have been trained for the last year and a half in looking out for um, kids and depression and so forth. So if you're feeling a little anxious about that, go ahead and include your school counselor. Okay. In that. Okay, that's that. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and if and if your child, which I know a number of um, friends of mine, mom friends, who their kids have either gotten back on an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medication, which maybe they had hadn't been on in years, or they are on that for the first time because they they thought their child's um, depression warranted taking them to a therapist or a counselor or psychiatrist. So would you want to share with the school, hey, in the meantime, Johnny is now on, um, you know, uh, Prozac or Xanax or, or I, don't know, I don't even know if they prescribe those to, to young Zero. kids. You said, yeah, whatever the case, yeah, whatever the case may be, are they, um, are, are they being, is that something you should alert the school about? You know, it, it just depends. It depends on how anxious and depressed your child is is 
you know, still, and maybe ask your child how comfortable he or she is in the teacher knowing or the school counselor knowing about this, you know, needing to take um, medicine to sort of level one out. And of course, that leads me to think about the school nurse and the school right. nurse needs to be included dosage that needs to be given during school and of course all that's very confidential and that is the, the school personnel is trained on knowing that they really need to not talk about kids who are on medicine yes. and so forth amen uh, that's so. a con that's definitely HIPAA that would fall under HIPAA I didn't know you know I'm, I'm assuming it's not required just with state law something like that's not required but again if you're really concerned about your child going back to school and you feel like their mental health is a top priority which it, obviously it should be but if they've got some kind of medication if they've been on therapy that may just that may want to be something you alert the school to just at least say hey keep an eye you know be part of my team and help keep an eye out on my kid um you know, just just in case they see something, then they can alert you before the kid goes home, and you're on top of it when you get there. So I think that has a lot to do with that. And you talk about this all the time, that relationship you have with your school and with the people who touch your kids' lives during the day. Right. And the last one is, of course, touching a, a subject that is near and dear to my heart. And unfortunately, not enough parents are proactive in doing this. And that is uh, for secondary parents, ask your school counselor when the next college and career readiness parent meeting yes. will be scheduled. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. And because, um, you know, I still do that test. I was over at a, at my niece's and nephew's home for dinner last week. They have a going into eighth grade. And so I asked them, gosh, do you know what the endorsement the high school is offering? Well, deer in the headlights. Yeah. You know? And so... The, a good, strong high school will make sure the middle school that's coming to them has counselors that are sort of voicing that message, preparing kids. Oftentimes there are overviews that are given in seventh and eighth grade for preparation for the endorsement, but um, not all school districts do that. Right. And so making sure that the understand that the only way a lot of times in, in some districts, some high schools, that you're going to make sure your child can qualify for this the needed scholarship um, is for you to be the proactive one, not be counting on a school counselor that oftentimes has up to 400 students assigned to him or her. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of kids that you're dealing with. And again, I, I just think that it's it's all in the communication and the conversations you're having and it's better to be proactive even if those communications with your school are via email you know if you're not in a position where you can take um you know a lunch break or a break during the day and make a phone call to the school i think those email communications texting if there's some parent communication portal or whatever the case may be i just I always go back to that with you, but I think that's such an important part of you being an advocate for your child. And, you know, you made me think of one more that I'm going to add to my Oh, I love it. And that is if, if you are the parent of a special ed student, whether um, just learning disabled, dyslexia, speech therapy, make sure that you are contacted within the first couple of weeks uh, to know that those services are going to continue. So I'm going to add that to my list when I get off the air, because again, the oftentimes I will just stay positive that oftentimes our uh, teachers who work around uh, our special 
populations are overwhelmed also. They get, have a lot of paperwork, and they oftentimes are not as good around keeping deadlines, which are very, very legal deadlines. Yes. And so you could um, stay legal by reminding them that you have an ARD, a yearly ARD that usually happens around X time, and can we go ahead and calendar that's a great, that That's now? a great point. So uh, for gifted and talented, too, or ELL, you know, yeah, I think for any of those special populations, I think I think that's a great one to add to your list. We love it. And, and will people be able to hear about this list on Sunday on your show? Yes, they will. And we're going to start posting it in other places because, and that's why I didn't want to say, hey, I'm on vacation, I'll put you off. No, now is the time. Now's the time to start doing those routines, the new routines, yes. talking to your kids school making sure the school is in contact with you. If you haven't heard from your school, you need to reach out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You, you may, maybe your name fell off the email list. You absolutely should be hearing from your school. And, and you, you and I have talked about this. I've got a few friends here. Like, I don't know. I mean, I just assumed that I was going to have the choice and I'm like, are you not even getting emails or texts or anything from your school? Now I have, I have a friend who was like, Oh, you know what? I went into spam or trash or junk or whatever. And literally, it was message after message after message. So they're like, okay, you know, I've, I've got to go pull that pull that out. Um, that communication, if you, if you haven't heard from your school school district, something's gone horribly wrong. You might want to check in. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So thank you for letting, for well, for making me do this. I really, really. <laughs> but now I'm excited about it. I'm excited to add my, my next bullet point on there and get it out to people to help. We want to have a good school year. This is going to be a special school year. Everybody's yes. back, except for the one the virtual schools in Texas. Everybody's back. Yep. So so get ready and get your kids ready and uh, make it a smooth transition. Thank you, Dr. Good. And we will see you from 8 to 9 on Sunday morning. Sounds good. Thanks, right. everyone. Safe, safe travels. Bye-bye. Well, that's, that's good information. Um, you know, it, it, now is the time. If your kid's little, if they're older, that sleep transition time because i know i was always during the summer especially when the kids um were high school age and, and which cj is right now you know if they've got part-time jobs sometimes they don't come home from a part-time job until 11 o'clock at night and you know by the time they unwind you know check in on video games and social media with their friends they may be getting to sleep at one well you've got to change that cycle because that 6 30 7 o'clock alarm co goes off very quickly once that school year starts so you know whether if you know if your kids young if they're you know elementary school age if they're secondary um start getting into those good habits right now you know have that reality shock of no you're going to bed now and we're getting up at this time have that the week before school starts versus as school starts because there's nothing worse than sending your kid off to school and they're like a zombie they're so asleep so yeah, as, and and JP, speaking of, no, no, you're energized because you're doing JP's Kitchen. Oh, okay. And you had a really good breakfast this morning. I did. It's amazing. It's my breakfast every morning. Makes good life stuff. easy. Good Although, stuff. I'm thinking I may do a ham and Swiss omelet tomorrow. Oh, okay. I'll tell you who you need to talk. Well, no, you're going to you're gonna make it in a healthy manner. Correct. I was going to say, Emily can make, uh, she, she makes the best um, omelets. Her ham and Swiss is out of this world. She also used to make a teriyaki omelet and a barbecue omelet. Yeah. None of them would be friendly to JP's kitchen. Yeah. Those involve things that. Well, I mean, a, teri well, a teriyaki one could be. 
could be, yep, yes. Yep, yep. That could be a good one to have. It, it depends on how, how you bring no, it. It's, it's a, a nice breakfast. way to put in um, like chicken teriyaki from the night before. That's how she came to it. It was, yeah. um, you know what? Can I use some of that chicken teriyaki in these omelets? And I'm like, oh, please do. Well, and if you <laughs> Makes use, my the, mouth water. If you <laughs> use the right kind of cheese. True. Because, you know, you could use a hard Swiss or a provolone. Uh, yep. True. And that would give it an interesting flavor as well. Um, but yeah, yep, yeah, nope, JP's Kitchen. Good times. Good times. So it's time. Yes. It is time. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, let's hear from Grogu if this is a good intro. Oh, I'm sure it is. I it's don't know. Time. Let's hear from him. He's wondering about it. Welcome, <laughs> folks, to the big state fair of Texas. Howdy, folks. Uh, you gotta well, say howdy, no, folks. I'm welcome. Uh -oh. now I was getting, you took my thunder again. It's welcome to the big state. And I go, howdy, folks, in the promenade desk. There's, you know. So it's state fair what of Texas. You were time. gonna try out because remember the I gentleman just, who was the voice forever and a day. Yeah, and sick then somebody or was, away. yeah, he, he he got ill. I think he, yeah, I think he did pass away. I was going recipes. to. Yeah, and somebody had said, "Hey, JP, why don't you try this?" And that would have been a cool thing. It would have. I where thought do, about Where it. do you do the voice of Big Texas? Is it like it off in an office? Yeah, you're you're up. You're up and in then a, somebody in else. A, you can actually see the state fair. My understanding. Oh, that would make you're sense. You kind of see what's going on. Yeah, you're in kind of a bird's nest kind of. Birds, bird's nest. Yeah. Um, oh, how fun! But I never, I just never got down for the tryouts. And yeah. We had a bunch of people down there, and oh, I'm, oh, uh, I'm it would have been sure. fun. Um, it was like when I tried out for the uh, the voice for the Allen Wranglers. Oh, the there professional you go. indoor football team. Yeah. And uh, there was like forty of us, and I ended up winning that. And, yeah. Um, it was fun and. Uh, never got paid like I was supposed to, but that's okay. That's what happens. Anyway, State Fair of Texas is coming yes. to town 51 days and counting. Thank you very much. Oh, you've already got it down to a science. I do. And one of the things, before we head off into food, um, every day I want to share with you uh, one little tidbit of the State Fair that may be new this year. Okay. Um, this year, get your premium one-day pass. This is a new thing. I was going to say, I don't. How, I was going to say, that doesn't sound familiar. How, no. <laughs> and so the premium that. new pass, they're, they're limited supplies. Um, so it's not like everybody's going to be able to get one. Um, but if you need flexibility in planning your visit to the fair, the premium one-day admission tickets are valid on any of the 24 days of the fair. Okay. Premium tickets work with your schedule and provide the most flexibility, allowing you to attend any of the 24 days of the fair without having to select the day in advance. Premium well, tickets like can that. only be purchased online all sales are final and it's only eligible for 2021 state fair of texas okay so for those of you who may be that last minute dude or what have you and you need your ticket and it you get the discount that comes with it then you might want to grab your premium one day pass they're also pushing heavily this year the season pass um where you can use did they do a season pass before oh yeah yeah they've had them in the past I guess, I guess so. I'm thinking like Six Flags. I know they've got those. Yeah. No, the state um, fair's had a season okay. pass oh. um, where you can buy a pass uh, that'll get you into the fair every day of the state fair. Also, all the discounts for <laughs> that, the state fair. That's just what I need. A, a Fletcher's Corny Dog every single day. <laughs> yeah, that could be an interesting. Yeah, you might want to think That's about. a new diet. That's yeah, healthy. That's healthy. Not. <laughs> um, but one of the things you, uh, you also may want to consider is getting onto the website for the State Fair of Texas because they 
list all the discounts that you can grab. Oh, I love it. Um, and they'll have it. them available for you on their own website. Uh, stay tuned. Next time I talk about the State Fair, talk about the event schedule and what bands are going to be out playing. Uh, supposed to be some really great entertainment out there this year. Uh, very so exciting. Very yeah, I think exciting. we talked about some of the bands when they first announced them. Um, isn't LaFreak one of them? I think so, yes. That's awesome. That's good so, stuff. So, yeah, we'll talk about the music that's going to be out there. Uh, the fair starts September 24th, goes through October 17th. And do you know, is it, I'm, I'm assuming mask, a mask is optional? Yeah, State and Texas, you really remember, no required mandating yeah, and, masks. Yeah, and you really so. can't social distance at the fair too much. So if... There's I'm, a lot of outside stuff. You could socially you, distance. You and, and, and I would suggest, and this is what we finally got smart and started doing when the kids were older, got out there super early, like when the gates open. And you right. kind of have it, like if you go super early on like a Saturday or Sunday morning, those first couple of hours, you're you're kind of by yourself. I mean, you're not, really, but you, you're much. not you're not jam packed. Yeah. You know, wait, you know, waiting in a 500 person line to get a corny dog kind of a thing. So, right. um, well, and and speaking of food, my mouth's watering. And even during the week, you can go. Oh, exactly. Early yep. on, except yep. watch your school days. Yeah, I was gonna say you got to be careful on the school day. We now we were lucky. A few years it fell where we had, we were able to take off a work day when the kids had their official state fair of Texas school day off, and they had the student pass. So um, yeah, just look for those. Well, we'll we're gonna help you look for those opportunities because I'm just so excited to have the state fair back. Last year was like the first year I haven't gone, and I don't even know when. Yeah. I'm going. So I mean, I'm. My I'm dad's definitely, going. Definitely, definitely. My dad's definitely. excited. Oh yeah. Oh, is now is this his first Texas State Fair? Oh gosh, no. He and my mother would go. Oh every wait, y'all used to live. That's right. They yeah, lived two, here. I times. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, such fun time. Okay, so we've got some good foods this year. One of them that JP and I are fascinated with is under the sweet category. Um, these are all these are all going to be foods that have made it like into the semifinals. Brisket, brittle. So, you know, you've got brisket brittle on one side. Now, do we want to compare a sweet to a sweet or a sweet to a savory? Man, this is your, I remember this morning I said, this is yeah, your Yeah, I'm just, they all look so good. I forgot about this, <laughs> how great so this good. list is. Let's do, um, okay, so let's look at, okay, let's, let's look at, we're going to do two sweets today. So I'm going to pick two out um, from this list. Okay, I'm going to say brisket brittle because I'm fascinated by that versus a deep fried Ritz cracker. Just a cracker? Uh, see, now that's what I'm wondering. Is it a deep fried Ritz cracker or is it like, you know how you can do like Ritz crackers and I used to do this with the kids. We would dip it into the like the white chocolate or the chocolate chocolate that's melted right. and then you would pull it out. So half of it would be covered in like some kind of hard shell sweet, either vanilla or chocolate thing. Right. And then you'd put sprinkles or whatever on it, you know, depending on the season. Um, so do they take that and then deep fry it or is it just the cracker or is it like a ritz with peanut butter and jelly and then another ritz like a little ritz sandwich and then deep fried because it's under sweet so that's where i'm trying to figure out how that works and does first of all do you like brittle like peanut brittle i do and I, like stuff? Peanut, I do like peanut brittle. i'm a big fan my dad loves it but brisket i loved brisket Okay, when it. you could eat it. I loved it. So would you have done, you would have tried both those? I would have. Okay. I know your dad will stay away from it. Yeah, because he's vegetarian. Yeah, so that, so the, yeah, he the won't bris touch that. brisket is not going to work for him. Marvin says the deep fried Oreo is his favorite. Okay, so he's 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 good with that. Is yeah. that, and I think that obviously that, that one's going to be back. They've got, um, 
several deep fried, like deep fried toffee. That sounds really good. I love toffee. That would be interesting. My dad would try that. Okay. But you know, back to the brisket brittle, right? Yeah. Versus the Ritz cracker. You know, if I was eating beef, again, it depends on what they're doing with the Ritz cracker. That just See, sounds if so... See, if it's just the cracker, I'm not seeing the, the layer, catch. the fun. Me neither. Deep it's frying. It's got to have something, I don't know, in between it, like a like a sandwich. Like, you Maybe know, a marshmallow or something. It'll be Maybe. Like, like a s'mores, but Ritz s'mores. I don't know. It doesn't say Maybe. that, though. Doesn't yeah, it just though. says deep fried Ritz. Well, I'm going to tell you. I would go with the run of the brisket brittle. So, I'd have to say, you know what? A Ritz cracker is a Ritz cracker. Yeah, just not, unless you're doing something with it. Yeah. It's usually what you put on or with the Ritz cracker that makes it good. I don't know, by itself. I'm just thinking Deep it's just kind of like itself. fried dough. I'm not just impressed. Plain. Yeah. I'm running with the beef brisket. Well, in the beef, beef brisket, brisket brittle. you had mentioned something that's kind of in keeping with a with a brisket brittle, and that's like the, um, uh, candy like the candied bacon. bacon. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of, of bacon that has like a sweet kind of almost like a brown sugar, honey right. kind of um, crunch crisp thing around it with a little bit of a spice thrown into it. It's Two rows, so by the way. good. That, that's exactly the bacon I was thinking about. It's so funny that you said that. And there what are they several. Theirs is so good. Theirs and there are so several good. that are that are now doing candied bacon. But, you know, here's my question. If it runs, if it runs amok at the fair and everybody loves it. Right? Right. Okay. Are you with me? Do they turn it into an ice cream? And sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. There have been some things that have turned into ice cream. You're like, what? So does Bluebell go buy it and, and turn it into Don't an ice know. cream? Don't know. Good point. Good point. What did I, I just saw? Bluebell. What was there? was a Bluebell ice cream I had never seen before that looked really good, but it was kind of unique. Oh, Snapdragons. And I almost bought it. Um, Oh, I can't remember what it was. Does anybody remember any of the new Bluebell flavors? Um, I know there was like a New Orleans flavor. There was something else the other day that just really looked good. Dang that, but I can't believe I can't remember it. But um, yeah, so so if they turn it into like a a um, brisket, brittle, homemade vanilla. I, well, or... I, you uh, never know. Could you imagine Cherry's Jubilee and brisket brittle? And that, See, you that start adding good. that, that kind of sounds pretty good. That sounds really good. I'm actually thinking if you turned in, if turned that um, two rows candy bacon into an ice cream, that might be really good too. Yeah. That two rows, yeah. Blaine's, that, his, his. What was the crazy ice cream that they came up his with? Was so good. They had a crazy ice cream they came up that with. That who came up with? I don't remember. Was it Ben and Jerry's or something like that? Oh, they and always was, have crazy names. It was an antithesis of ice cream. Was. was it avocado ice cream or something? I don't remember, but I, I, and I've actually had an avocado avocado custard that was pretty good. It was actually yeah, pretty no, good. they yeah they have they in fact they sell that at the uh, different custard stores and stuff. Yep, is what is um what they do uh, with some of that and like stuff. some of the frozen yogurt places have an avocado. That's what flavor. I mean, frozen yogurt. Yeah, That's what yeah, I mean. really good, really good. That's what I mean. Delicious. Ooh, Coach Q says best bluebell ever was cantaloupe ice cream years ago. I remember. I that. don't. How did Very we miss smooth. that? Because I my kids, you missed it. Love cantaloupe. It was good. I'm with you, How coach. Did I missed that. Oh, I bet that was, it was really good. good. I it bet was, that was good. Really good. Yeah, it was good. This makes me. When does the state fair open? 
September 24th. Okay, man, that's too long. <laughs> September 24th. It'll be here before it's like you the know Christmas it. countdown for us. We're counting well, down to the State Fair of Texas. You know, too. you got to be careful because if you're trying to rush the time, remember, this is CJ's senior year. I, you're, you want to make me cry. I that's do. What you're, that's what I'm, you're trying Grogu, to do. what do you say, Grogu? So, yeah. Where's Grogu Gro- say? Grogu's like, oh, she, yeah. That's she's, not Grogu, she's that's already, the hippo. She's already crying. No, it's a unicorn. Where's the Grogu? She's already yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's cute. like, yeah. Hippo's cute though. I like the it. It said unicorn. You ah, saw the, the label. Good. Yeah, it's you good. saw the label. It's a hippo. Yeah this this is this is going to be a tough school year for me because this is, um, you know, the last everything for you know for my youngest kids. So it's um, a shebang and a shaboodle. Yeah, it's uh, it's it very emotional, and you know, since he's still in Berkeley, he's actually going to miss the first couple of days at Academy. So. Um, you know, just just crazy. Well, I just, hopefully he gets back down there. Yeah. Oh, yes. He's very much, very much hoping he gets he gets back up there. Um, so it just, you know, it's one of those things that just, you know, the emotions all the time. You know, for any age, for your, you know, when you're you've got young kids, that school year stuff, those firsts and those lasts are just they're very special you know you remember them like it was yesterday you know i remember the um my last um carpool at saint mark's catholic school you know driving through there with the with the ward sign you know and thought oh gosh and so you you see it's got tears all over it because i'm sitting in the carpool line looking at it crying of course um you know so all those firsts and those last and i just um and encourage parents to enjoy the bejeebers out of it because it just it it just it's gone just you know in the blink of an eye and um, just enjoy it instead of you know I I never understood the moms who were or the parents who were like oh my gosh who wants to meet for a margarita or a mimosa or whatever the case may be after we drop the kids off because woohoo summer's over and the kids are back in school and they're out of my hair I was never that mom I was the mom many times I called you the go to 7-eleven grab nachos and a slurpee and cry in the parking lot and I and I love you you know, you know how much I love you, right? Yeah, but you know, but we, how we, many times did you get that phone call from me? You're I like, did. are you okay, Kathy? I did. No. <laughs> I did. But we got to change topics. I'm no, getting we've sad. Got, oh, we've got, and we've got a um, a guest coming on. And, she's right there. Oh, she's on already. Well, she's got to be admitted. And, and we've got, we've got a, a very serious topic. And JP and I um, had met with a dear friend of ours who's, um, there's a big event that uh, Maria is going to talk about that's um, going to be available to you and we'll we'll get you information on how, how to get to that event about the border. And, you know, the interesting thing is um, there are border topics that you and I have talked about with state reps, state senators, with Van Taylor. And um, I tell you what, this is kind of an, a different angle that Maria is going to talk about today. So let, let us know when Maria is on and when we can hear her and see her. There There's she Maria. is. There's her beautiful face. <laughs> Good. Hey, guys. hey, good morning. Hey, How good are morning. you? Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank well, you for all that you guys do to bring awareness. Oh, absolutely. Hey, well, we just appreciate you so much. And um, JP and I were talking a little earlier. You know, you are you are talking about um, a, an event that has to do with everything with the crisis on the border. And you're going to talk specifically about the event. But then, Maria, we want to kind of let you go. You were a volunteer at the K. Bailey Hutchison um, uh, Convention Center where 
kids were detained there and we want to talk about that and we want to talk about some of the concerns you have as far as these kids coming across the border so first of all uh, hello to you and thanks for coming on and tell us about the event that um, you guys are putting on and who can go and how can we go okay so we're doing a um, co-host event with two other clubs Actually, well, there's three clubs together. It's the Republican Women of Greater North Texas and the Collin County Republican Men's Club. And I am also the president of the Hispanic Republican Club of North Texas. So all three of us will be joining together. We will be having this at the Collin College Center for Higher Learning Education. And our speaker will be Victor Avila. Yes. I don't know if you guys heard of that, but he is pretty popular uh, nowadays with the border topic. Yes. Do you want it, me to talk about Yes, please uh -huh. talk please talk about him a little bit now. I, I'm aware of him because of some of the events that, that you know you've already done with your organization and some of the things I've seen on social media. But if you'll tell us a little bit more about him and, and what kind of expertise he's going to bring. Okay. So Victor Avila is a retired uh, security special agent with the US Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Homeland Security, uh, investigations. Uh, U.S. Department of Homeland Security, he is an advocate for border security, immigration reform, ed, um, advocate for the border security, I'm sorry, I repeated myself, immigration reform, and he brings awareness of human trafficking. He also protects the sovereignty of our country. So basically, he advocates, advocates a lot for the border because he used to be an ICE agent. Uh, he went to Mexico on a assignment, and um, he suffered multiple wounds and survived a violent ambush by the Mexican wow. Los Cetas drug cartel, where his special agent, Jaime Zapata, tragically lost his life. He wrote mm -hmm. a book named Agent Under Fire and a Manifesto to honor him. Uh, so he knows firsthand the dangers of the border in Mexico. Right. Well, and Maria, let's, I mean, let's not forget this too. He also has a very diplomatic side to himself as well. Um, he was an assistant attache uh, to the embassy, and he's been a part of different embassies throughout the world, not to mention the fact that he has been accredited with being a diplomat and liaison to the aforementioned governments, which would include Spain, Portugal, and Mexico City. Yeah. So not only does he bring that law enforcement background, he also brings that State Department background. Um, and this guy is just a wealth Sorry. of information. I mean, right. if you can get a chance to get out there, you have got to get out there. That's going to be, again, at the Collin College Higher Learning Center. And, Maria, we want, to appre we want to thank all the different clubs and organizations that have come together to make yeah. this happen, right? Yeah. So who are some of those that have been able to bring yeah. him down to make this happen for our community. Correct. We actually had him at the Hispanic Republican Club in North Texas in May, and he was a great success. Uh, people loved him. They couldn't get enough of him. He has so much information, and it's firsthand new information because he travels to the border constantly to keep himself informed. And he has a lot of, uh, he has videos. 
He has a lot, like I said, a lot of fresh information that you, you're not seeing this in uh, in the media because they don't want you to know right, what right. really is going on. And I think on the screen right now, we've got a picture of the um, flyer. The flyer so, yeah. So can we make that, Brett, if you can make that the whole screen for just a second so people can capture that if they want. We'll make sure we post this on our uh, J.P. Kathy and the crew uh, Facebook page and social media pages. Um, so Tuesday, August 10th. So it's just right around the corner. Uh, Maria, does it Correct. cost anything? No, this is uh, free. You do have to um, RSVP, and you can go to the website for uh, Republican Women of Greater North Texas to get the tickets. Okay. And we're going to have uh, appetizers and beverages. I think it's going to be a great event. We're having, um, so far, we have a lot of people signing up, so you don't want to miss this. And I think um, our sheriff, uh, Jim Skinner, is also going to be there. So excellent, excellent. It's going to be a great event. Well, and and so let's go back and let's let's talk about your time um, at the K. Bailey Hutchison Detention Center as a volunteer, and then what were some observations, and what are some of your concerns? You know, you're, you've got you've got kids. You're you know you're a mom, so what are some of your concerns? Because this is I was really my eyes were very wide open, very much wide opened after our conversation um, the other night. What are what are some of the concerns you have? But let's start off with your experience at the K. Bailey Hutchison Center as a volunteer trying to help these kids that the government, our current administration, has just forgotten about. Correct. Um, I'm actually a first-generation Mexican, so I know firsthand what it's like to be an immigrant. Uh, I was nine years old when I came to this country, so I'm very well aware of the um the stuff that these kids go through, maybe not as much as they're going through right now, but pretty similar. Right. So I decided to go volunteer because I knew that something, this is just not healthy for these children. And I wanted to see the conditions that they were in. And they had them like in a gymnasium, you know, a, a big room. Basically, everybody was there. And there was about 500 to 600 children from um, ages 13 to 18. And... Mm. My concern was seeing some of these children in the bed, just they wouldn't get out of bed. Mm. Uh, they would stay there all day covered with the sheets. And I would ask, you know, what, why aren't they getting up? And they said, well, they've been abused. Uh, and even there at the detention center, some of the children, older children were abusing the younger children. Mm. When so, they had to shower. so are you talking about like sexual abuse, physical abuse? I mean, what type all of abuse? Above, all sure. the above? Oh, you're, mm. All of the above, basically. Mm. So here's my big question, Maria. Mm. How many students, or students, I say students, how many kids were you guys losing a day? Because we were yeah. getting in the news that kids were just walking out of the convention center and not coming back. Correct. They were saying that they would just walk out and that they couldn't stop them. That basically they were free to go. And they had lost, at the time when I went, five children had escaped and they had found them at 7-Eleven. Uh, also... When you were doing the paperwork, checking on them, because they would get phone calls, I think two phone calls a day, you would go back and check on them. So, you know, when it was their turn and the kids, sometimes kids were missing and you didn't know what, where they went and nobody knew where they had gone. You know, how does so that happen? I how, guess he was, how can we not stop them? Why are, yeah. are they not in a detained kind of, uh, of environment at that point? And aren't we still processing I mean, how are we free to go? You would think. Uh, I guess because they're saying that 
I mean, they came here by themselves, so you really have no power over them, you know, especially when they haven't been processed or they have no family members. Apparently, that's just what they do. It, it, I, I thought it was the craziest thing as well because mm. anyone can just take them. It takes about a month to process them out and uh, release to a sponsor or a relative. And um, a lot of these children, and some of them actually have no one, so they would go to the foster care. Or they could just but walk like out I the door said, and go to 7-Eleven and be picked up by somebody waiting outside to humanly traffic them again. Exactly. Or somebody to use them as a mule for drugs or whatever the case may be. Wow. What a great right. advertisement for crime. Yeah. Wait outside the convention center, offer these kids a, a warm Jeez. bed, some money in their pocket, and uh, you've just gainfully employed your own drug cartel. Yeah. Right here in mm. Dallas, Texas. Correct. Mm. So that's wow. why I was very concerned for the sex trafficking. Uh, you know, anyone can pick them up. So, but those are not the only concerns that I have. Um, my concerns is, is What's going to happen with these kids when they get released? Because most of them are going to get released with relatives. Right. And they come from abusive. Well, not only are they coming from Central America, where, for example, El Salvador is the most dangerous country in the world. They're coming from gangs and uh, abuse mm. situations like bullying, rape, uh, domestic violence, drug uh, parents with addictions, basically. And they're coming and they're being released in our country where our children have no clue how to deal with that because our children, you know, we're very blessed. A lot of our children are in our shelter. Right. right. And, right. and so, and not only that, but they're coming in into a place where it's a whole, it's a strange culture to them. Um, they have a different language. They, uh, I'm trying to remember all the things I want to tell you because I think it's extremely important. They they face a lot of challenges with the um, the parents can't help them with schoolwork, so there's a lot of stress there. Right. They have um, they leave their the relatives. Sometimes they leave. Obviously, they have to leave their parents, so they're going with uncles that they haven't seen for years. So they have a lot of post traumatic stress, and um, that makes them stressed, confused, angry. And that causes them to skip school as well. Right. Oh, yeah. And most of our children don't understand that. Oh, they I don't do. know how to deal with it. <laughs> well, I mean, and, th and then that, that opens up a whole new can of worms. I mean, it's like every, you, you had a great analogy with an onion. What was that you said the other, the other night we were talking about this? Um, you said something like oh. every time you think you're going to peel back the next layer, there's another layer and another layer. And, you know, you had this great analogy talking about how, okay, you think that, okay, well, the main problem is A. And then all of a sudden you peel back another layer and you're like, no, okay, no, it's not just that these kids are getting out loose on the street. We don't know if they're for right. sure with a family member. No, these are kids who just got finished, you know, a 17-year-old that just got finished raping a 13-year-old in, in the bathroom. Okay, so then that kid comes into, and then they're selling drugs and they're on social media gaining um, access to young kids who are going to be sex trafficked out of their own backyard. I mean, it's just, it's like it's never ending. Right. right. So we got to understand the numbers here. They said that there's an estimate of 1 million Golly. children in the U.S. Okay. They're undocumented. Mm. They're just in like April, mm. about 19,000 came in ages three and up. So we really, if you let that, Think in. That's absolutely. Um, 
it's just very scary if you really think about this. And most of these children, when they get out of school, they're not going to have, they're not going to be able to get a job or a, even a license, okay? Mm. And not only that, but they're coming with all these trauma uh, issues. Yeah. So when they go into the community, wh- what are we? What are they going to do? I mean, they, they're most likely going to go into drugs and, like we talked about, some some life, some life of crime somewhere. I, you know, I may, maybe it's. Um, I've noticed um, I'm still on next door in my old neighborhood somehow. So anyways, um, and and I've noticed lately um, a pattern of um, uh, car, um, car break-ins, garage break-ins. Um, people are trying to avoid the front door, but it seems to be like late teens, early adults that are doing these break-ins. And it's like a number of them at the same time in the same neighborhood and you start thinking back, well, are these kids, quote unquote, that, that have that have come across the border that are trying to survive in between the next drug run or sex trafficking run? I, I mean, right. we don't know. So, so I don't want to generalize. I know a lot of these kids, obviously, they're strong enough, resilient. They will make it. Oh, and yes, They will yes, become yes. some of the greatest human beings because they, yes. they will understand to have mercy and grace because they they had it. Because and, what a tough, uh, so tough the spot they really, were in, yeah. It's real. Yep, yep. Right. So the pain is very real. Uh, we have to understand that. And I think that if anything, if the government was going to give anything, it would be, in my opinion, psychological help for, especially for all these kids that are in school and for our children so that we understand not only the dangers, but to understand these people. Yep. And, and know how to deal with it. Yes, Yes, that's 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 huge. Well, um, so tell us a little bit more about this event. So you've got to get tickets to the event. What um, what are you? Um, I mean, but it's free. So can people in, invite other people? Is there anything? Do you have to be of a certain political persuasion? I mean, I know these are Republican clubs that are putting this event on. But what happens if I have somebody from my church or somebody from my family or you know my group of moms that I want to bring into this event? Is this going to be just like a a Republican point of view, or is this an expert's point of view? How, how is how is this going to work? It's more of an expert point of view. So okay. I believe that anyone, and I think everyone as much as possible should attend, just because we need to be informed of what's really happening in our community, in our country. And um, so I believe that it's it's good for anyone. I think we should invite as many people as possible because we need to be educated on what's happening. Excellent the news is not going to tell us. Uh, well, so true. And again, so true. your speaker is amazing. Yes. Um, with an amazing yeah. background of pretty much life right, on the border, back on the um, including second, El Paso. Yeah. Um, you know, assistant attache to the city of Jorge's uh, at the embassy there for the United States. Not to mention the diplomacy and liaison between Mexico City, Portugal, um, and Spain. Uh, so this guy brings a, a an enormous amount of boots on the ground knowledge and information that if you really want to know what's going on at the border, this is where you show up August tenth. Um, enjoy a little social hour at six or social time at six thirty. Program starts at seven. Um, these are put, and this is being put on by uh, the Collin County Republican Men's Club. Um, so if you're a Republican and you're a male and you're trying to find a club to get into. Go Some online. Like-minded folks, right. great, great group of guys. Collin County yeah. Republican Men's Club. Also, the is it the is it called the Greater North Texas Frisco Republican Women's Club now? 
the, the greater uh, Republican women of greater. Yeah. yeah. The Republican the, women of greater, greater North Texas. Texas. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and so if you're a lady and you're looking for like-minded people, there yeah. you go. Um, and that's, and a lunch, that's a that's a daytime club. So in case you've got, you know, uh, responsibilities at night that, you know, like family and uh, home duties and stuff, it's a lunchtime club. And what's the third Marie, club? Maria's club. The Hispanic, is it the Hispanic, is it the Republican club of North Texas? I said it all wrong. Yeah. Go ahead, Maria. Right, no, <laughs> you, you, you were the closest to that one. So the Hispanic Republican Club of North Texas. Hispanic Republican Club of North Texas. So, so again, if, if you are Hispanic, if you are new to this country and you've come in and you're conservative and you're concerned about border immigration and, and border control, show up. We'd love to have you join yeah, the club. Yeah, it's it's so. gonna be it's gonna be a great event. And just and, and Maria, thank you first of all, um, so much for bringing this information to to our show and um, talking about such such a such, such a crucial emotional issue for us. This, I mean, this literally can impact, you know, the future of certainly the state of Texas, but the the entire country. So these are things that you've got to be educated on. And then thank you so much, Maria. You're always out there, out and about in the community, um, doing a gosh, helping the homeless, helping, uh, you know, immigrants, helping, um, helping young women, helping Hispanics who are new to the country. And just thank you for all of your service and all the great things you do for our country. We really appreciate uh -huh. you. Thank you so much. I, I try to bring some light to some of the issues that people are not really thinking about and use my experience to enlighten, you know, the community and to help. It ultimately, it's just to advocate for a better life. Yes. Yep. Well, and thank you. And you're, you're always standing up on the side of liberty and freedom. And we just appreciate you. Absolutely. And thank you so much for coming on the show and being part of the crew. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate everything you guys do. Thank you so much. You bet. All right, Thank love you, you Maria. Take care. Yeah, she's a stellar individual, and we wish her Thank nothing you. but success with this with this event. Um, you know, again, this is such right. a crucial issue, JP, and people, you can't literally, if you think, well, it's just like farmers on the border, and that, those are the only people, like ranchers. They're the ones who have to worry about that. No. This is a statewide crisis. This is a national crisis because these folks are coming in and the ones with ill intent, they're making it through Texas and out of Texas in weeks. Right. So Couldn't agree scary more. Scary stuff. Scary Couldn't stuff. Couldn't agree more. Well, and here's what's even scarier than that. Michelle asks the question, you know, hey, what do we do? What's the solution to this, right? Yeah. And so I just throw some things out there. Foster care. Uh, adoptive process maybe yeah. and find family members right yeah. but here's the thing that's got to be even scarier these teens that migrate up yeah. or immigrate up from these these latin countries right right they are far more advanced when it comes to street smarts than our kids are that's that's and what maria said they're the two aren't gonna them. mix yeah, you try to integrate yeah. them well it can be very influential Oh, kids are kids and, and in a negative highly way. influenced right you're right you know she was talking about um you know um kids coming in who are they've had to do god god bless them who knows what to survive back in their hometown in their village wherever they're coming from and it, it, then they come over there and they bring that with them well, who do you think they're sitting with at lunch? Who do you think they're your your kids in algebra right. one with? Who do you think is playing on the playground with your kid? Who is maybe coming home with your kid after school? Or you're you're they're going over to that that family's house and there is no adult supervision. You 
you've got to think about all this stuff. Yep, I agree. I mean, you know. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, just wow. All right, talking about the international stage, of course, the Olympics is going on. We're going to go over just a wee bit. Um, so just to cover some met, the medal count right now, and it's interesting who is at the top five medal counts. Russia okay. is not one of them. Normally you would think usually Russia would they? be. Oh, yeah. Normally. I mean, usually they're, they're in the top five right. as far as how many, well, not necessarily just gold medals, but like how many overall Normally you know, gold, the battle is between rest. China, the U.S., and Russia. Russia, yep. Not this time. So China is right now in the lead oh, based on gold medals. Oh, gold medals, but yes. not total they've got, medals. Well, they've got 70 overall medals. The United oh, States okay. has 79 uh, they're okay. at 32 gold medals. We're at 25. Okay. We have 31 silver and 23 bronze. The Japanese are in third, the home country. Interesting. Uh, 21 gold medals for the Japanese, 7 silver and 12 bronze medals. That's 40 okay. medals overall, right? Great Britain is at 48 medals. They have 15 gold, 18 silver, and 15 bronze. And then Australia is at 36 medals. They have 15, 4, and 17. A big part of those coming from the pool. Oh, Tons yeah, and tons out of the so. swimming pool. Yeah, 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 that's true. Australia continues to <laughs> show the uh, their greatness <laughs> in the pool. And so um, big news is going to continue to come out of the Olympics in regards to track and field. Yes. Uh, the 200-meter Gold medal has already been handed out to uh, Andre uh, DeGrassi. We want to congratulate him from Canada. Yeah. Uh, what a great run. God, His time of 19.62. Yeah, did he you was, see him? My goodness. Hauling. Like some of these people, I'm like, how do their legs move like that? Just unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then, of course, Simone comes on uh, yep. to get on the beam and takes a bronze takes medal. Takes home a bronze. That's yeah. right. So yeah. comes and back in. And I think in. did, did um, one of our girls take home a gold? In the beam? Who won, who won in the no, beam? No, that was China. Oh, gotcha. China was 1-2. Okay. Oh, Snapdragon. Gold, okay. silver, and then uh, Simone with the bronze. So, anyways, a lot going on. You can watch live. I think the biggest news of this Olympics is not going to be um, the fact that we've got people trying to be woke, uh, especially one from the United States, embarrassing, might I say, uh, oh, from the Have you ever seen so many cheers stand. as you did when the – the United States women, like there were people who are big old patriotic, red, white, and blue, and friends of ours, and they're like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm so glad the USA women's team did not even play in the gold medal game. I mean, they, which one? The the soccer team. Oh, the soccer team. Soccer yeah. team. Yeah, there's um, because folks were very upset with yeah, well, all of them. You know, except I mean, for three. Three of the girls. I was gonna say a few of them stood, but um, yeah, three. I, I I've never <laughs> three. seen so many negative. Team USA post as I did when people were saying, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm cheering that they did not win. Yeah. Well, that's what happens though, right? When you, uh, when you thumb your nose at your own country, at your own country, yep. uh, who you're wearing the Jersey of, you know, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, Again, yeah. wrong stage. <laughs> Let and, somebody else take your place on the field because there's somebody who is so grateful that the, that America is the reason they have that opportunity to play they, that sport that they love and that they, they excel in. Yeah, very, very interesting. So, you know, I, I reflect back, and as the games are still going on, um, I think a lot of luster has been taken off, right? Um, I think that the BLM movement hurt the Olympics, didn't help the Olympics. Okay. I think the wokeness hurt the Olympics. It didn't help the I, Olympics. I think everybody's so tired of woke culture. 
yeah. that they're like, oh, it's going to be in the Olympics. I'm done with the Olympics. And that's where I'm at. I think that's where a lot of people are at. Yeah. And that's what I believe is that, you know, this this display, like I said, the shot putter from the U.S. who uh, oh, did her thing yeah, 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 on the yeah, on yeah. the podium, on the medal podium. And I'm waiting to hear what discipline is going to be handed down because that was very much said you're not allowed to do that. Uh, it, it was not very, on the medal podium. It was very clear ahead of time as far as by everybody, international, IOC, yep. and the United yeah, States. Yeah, not just, yeah, I was going to say that wasn't just an American thing. No. That was, that was, that, that was, was an all IOC worldwide. Thing. Yeah. That's right. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how that yeah. works. Of course, then what fortunately on social media, the young lady who wins gold with her hand over her heart and is standing proud. And when her interview is very clear that this was, this wasn't her. This is yeah. God. This is yeah. Which, Jesus oh, Christ. Was, this is, you know, I'm getting goosebumps. I, I love that. that. Yeah, that was shared over and over and right. over and over. And on it needs to continue media. to it be shared. To be. It needs to But be. I think the wokeness of BLM and the left really took away from the Olympics here in the United yeah. States. I think it hurt yeah. the support of the team. Um, well, look at viewership, J.D. Right, way down. I mean, viewership, it just didn't, with the opening ceremony, and I know people who always watch the opening and closing ceremony. No sports in between, but they watch the opening and closing ceremony. Opening ceremony has not had that low of viewership since, like, 1986. Well, they're saying 33 years. Yeah, which, yeah. Would, which would probably be 1986. Probably or so. Or right around there. But just I, unreal. Again, and, and I haven't watched it. I remember in 1984, I bought it on NBC. Because you could buy it. And you could see everything. Everything that way, that way yeah. right. You know, but again, talk, talk to me about Carl Lewis. Where's the Carl Lewis of track for the United where, States? Where Where's the, Mary Lou Retton? Well, look at the old dream team who we consider the oh, true the United States basketball, team. the dream team. Yeah. Every single one of those guys, you could tell they, they weren't playing for, you know, uh, Chicago or for Detroit or whatever their home team was that they were in, you know, their NBA team. They were truly there as a team and so grateful to be representing America. And there was pride in that. You know, think of all the athletes who have, you know, won their event. And before they go up to the podium, somebody hands them a big flag from the stands and they wrap themselves up in the American flag. And they're saying, you know, USA is number one. Where, that's, that's why you watch the Olympics as an American is for that, that great pride in the, the vast talent that we have in our country. Well, and of course, yeah. the, the thing that I guess blows me away more than anything is it, it's it's people that get um, they get marginalized as a result, i.e., U.S. women's softball. Yep. They weren't taking yep. a knee. No. You no. know, nope. they went a silver, but but Very then we're not ladies. watching them. Yeah, I mean, I they know, played they, Japan. It was a face-off with Japan. But I again. feel bad, and I didn't even know about it, and I didn't even watch it again yep. because I haven't been following the Olympics like I normally do because I don't want to, well, what the news shows you, kind of like Maria was saying, the news isn't going to, the media is not going to tell you about um, what's really going on in the border and what, what, why this really truly is a crisis. It's the same thing with, you know, all, all they show is the person who's saying, you know, thumbs down to America. Well, it, it makes me just go, oh, I don't even want to look anything up. But then I hear about a great game and I'm like, oh, but that would have been cool to watch. Yeah. So bottom yeah. line is, and I mean like our shooting team. Yeah. We've gotten yeah. six medals off of our shooting team. Yep. And so, again, not all these athletes are taking the knee. Yeah. They're not all buying off on the, hey, let's be woke on the podium. 
again, wrong place, wrong time. Right. And if you don't want to represent your country, and I, what I love is this. Well, I have the right to do this because that's what my country's afforded me. Right. Okay, but we you, get that. But you don't do it when you're representing your country right. on the world stage. Yeah. Come back, protest your life away, start an organization. I don't care, that's your business. Yeah, do whatever you want it, when you're in the world of free speech. Again, when you're, well, heck, you know, back when you played football in high school, I know when I was on um, drill team in high school, you know, and, and into college, and when I represented when I was a cheerleader for the Dallas Sidekicks, we had certain rules, and there were just certain things that you could not do, could not say, things you right. could not wear. Because you basically are signing a contract with that organization saying, I will represent you to the best of my ability. I will put my personal feelings aside. Right. I will not take those out on the field with me or out to a public venue with me. And um, so that's part of what happens. And there's a ton of athletes, JP, that would be more than happy to step into their shoes Absolutely. and wave that American flag with pride. Well, and again, what I didn't see a lot at this Olympics so far is digging deep. We, we saw it at the pool. Yeah, you said about that. I you, yeah, yeah, think. I, I mean, you finally saw it, saw it at the yep. pool where this guy is behind. And in the last 25, he's been behind the whole time, last 25 meters. I mean, just digs deep to a different gear. And that's what the U.S. has always done in the past. And for it not to happen this time, I think, has been a huge, huge yeah. disappointment. And now, so Susan said that they just interviewed the first black American to win gold in wrestling. And she said, I freaking love the USA. I'm so First proud female. to rep female, right? Because Kenny, yeah, yeah, Kenny yeah, Monday, <laughs> Kenny yeah, Monday. come female. on now. That's why I said she. Bam! bam. I'm no, tell why, Kenny Monday. Boom! Here we go, baby. Woo! That's yeah. why I said she. Um, she Fresno said, State, so, by the way, Oklahoma I'm, State. I'm so proud Sorry. to represent the United States. Yeah. You know, and that's what I want from an athlete. You know, that's what I want. I want you know the young man who um, was up on the podium with the gold the other day and just had was just blinking back tears as they played the national anthem. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what you about. tune in for. But the, the minority voice has, and this is where I was going yeah, with this, it's over, it's the minority it. voice has overwhelmed the majority yeah. who yeah. support and are proud to represent their country. You are like I said, softball is marginalized. Yeah. Shooting is marginalized. Some yeah. of our swimmers are marginalized. Well, heck, this story is marginalized that Susan yeah. just talked about. That's huge. Yeah. First black female to win in wrestling, a gold in wrestling. That, that should be like the top news story. I agree. Uh, uh, I don't know. Ah, you're supposed to do your normal. Oh, ah, my ah, ah, There you go. Ah. No, I like that much better. That's good. <laughs> ah. So with that all being said, though, we'll continue Olympic oh. wrap-up. Also, coming up soon, we're going to uh, show you what college students are saying about wanting to be citizens oh. of the United States. And, Can't I mean, I showed my dad this, and, I mean, he almost fell out of his chair. He's like, this is so funny, ridiculous. It's, it's unbelievable. So, but, yeah, we're going to share that with you. In fact, yeah. we're going to play the whole thing so you can see it, and then we're going to talk about it Woo. because it's crazy interesting. But we want to thank Get you for joining ready. us this morning. Well. I know that Brett's getting ready to ticker tape the music in. And here it comes. <laughs> um, don't oh. forget, Friday, I'm going to be out in Mission, Texas, training uh, teachers Yay. and administrators to help keep kids out of Where court. Where is Mission, Texas? It Where? is on the border. I will uh, be on well, the border. Hey, I'll be flying to Harlan. Let us know what you hear and oh, see while you're down there. Because I, I know you've got some friends at some re who are some restaurant owners and I do. hotel managers down there. I'd, I'd love to Eagle hear. Pass, yeah, I'd love there. to hear the yeah. thoughts on that. Um, we do have um, 
uh, via Zoom on Friday. We've got Brandy Braley, um, who is from Legacy Prep. She's going to be talking about a really cool volunteer opportunity. I know um, a lot of us have missed those community oper volunteer opportunities, especially with the schools. She's got a great one for you, and you don't even have to have a kid going to that campus. So it's just a real great, a real good way to um, to take what you do for a living or what you're passionate about and help open up that world to kids who are eager and anxious to learn. So. And our very own Kathy so. has been asked to be the president I of have. the school foundation. I don't know this officially for yet. For Legacy Charter Academy. Yeah, you did. You accepted. That's exciting. That's exciting. You've already accepted it. We talked about it on the phone. Yeah, you have. Pre-accepted. Well, that's what I mean. So, yeah, so we, we've got some so really some fun really, stuff coming up. Yeah, real cool opportunities. Just get back help out kids. there and get get out there and help these kids, especially you know now that we're we're turning a corner in the pandemic. It's so important to to support those who are going back among you know like we say the land of the living. Yeah. Um. Just uh, you know, be safe, be smart, be healthy, but um, get back out there and make that difference. All right, everybody have All a right. blessed day. Love y'all. See, see you all on Monday. All right. See you Friday. See Bye. Kathy on Friday. Dance with Kathy. Oh, uh, lawyer show tomorrow oh, that's at right. lawyer noon. Show. noon. All right. Thursday noon. See y'all. Bye.